Welcome to Heating Up, a podcast about climate change, our dangerous future, and what you can do about it. I'm Corinne. I'm Derek. And this is our podcast. Yeah, thank you for listening. Hope you're doing okay, buddy. Yeah. (laughs) Well, uh, it's been a little while since our last actual published episode. Uh, There is a secret episode that we recorded, but in the process of editing that podcast, it was so depressing and sad. (laughs) Even even for you. Even for me. I was like, let's just not. Like, uh, screw it. Let's wait a week. Do it again. You put me through that torture. (laughs) So we did. So that'll be released like years from now on the secret tapes. Okay. And like the unreleased episode. Right, right, right. (laughs) Even for me, it was depressing. There's a lot going on. There's still a lot going on. My God. It's rough. Uh, when we started this disaster podcast, I didn't realize how many disasters we would actually have to be in the middle of. Actually, neither did I, because I may be <laughs> thinking back to the faded phone call. Yeah. I shouldn't have picked up that day. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, uh, for those of you who don't know, obviously, we are in Sacramento, California, and so we're kind of, we're safe from the fires. Completely uh, safe from the fires. But what we do live is in like a little bit of a, a bathtub, like the Central Valley just fills with smoke every summer, really. Uh, but because there are so many fires so close in the Bay, like Vacaville, and even up in the fo- foothills of the Sierras, there's fires. It is heavy particularly smoke. Particularly smoky. Uh, particularly bad now. I, I will mean, say this. I made a really wise Christmas list last year after the horrible uh, smoke of last year. And I believe last year was the Paradise Fire. Yeah. No, two years ago. Two years ago. And I asked for an air filter for my apartment, literally preparing for the upcoming summer fire season. And it's been working pretty good. (laughs) I mean, one of the bad things about the fire, and we'll get to the fires later, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll talk about it later. The fires have actually given us some relief from other things, but we can get into that later. Yeah, exactly. The brutal heat of last week. Oh my God, that's the other thing here. It was 110 for like three or four days days straight. on end. Like I live in Arizona. Yeah. It was getting rough. Climate change is real, guys. Oh, man. I don't know if you ever heard of it. Yeah. It was not great. I actually made the mistake of looking up what the temperature was in Crescent City when it was 112 here in what Sacramento. Was it? 65. Oh, but you know what? I looked at the houses recently. <laughs> kind of expensive for kind of terrible houses. Yeah. What? Everywhere. I was like, who's even living in Crescent City? People who work at the prison, I guess. That's what I was thinking. But how can they afford such nice houses or such expensive houses for not that nice? Who knows anymore? I don't. The economy doesn't make any sense I'll anymore. Manufact, I'll do a manufactured house out there. Forget it. Yeah, yeah, who cares? Which I, I, the tiny home whole thing. What bothers me about it is the classism involved. Oh yeah. Because I can you know what we used to call a tiny you. home? A mobile home. Right. Right. Living in a trailer park. That's a tiny home. But if you fancy it up a little bit, and then, then you've you can got be a tiny judgy. Home. You exactly. can tell other people, "Oof, your mid mid middle sized house that was already built and is several years old." Come on. Yeah. Speaking of tiny homes, they stopped making the Mini Cooper, I think, or one of those mini cars. The smart car they're finally done with. Oh. The little tiny car. Well. Yeah. Gone. It was odd. Didn't look safe. No. I mean, I know it had to be because of so many laws. Well, it felt like all the unsafety of a motorcycle. Yes. With none None of of the coolness. None (laughs) of the advantages. You can't weave in and out of traffic. You know, you can't, if it's, if it's, you know, you're stuck in traffic, you can't ride down that yellow lane, which by the way is terrifying and I can't believe is legal. Yeah. But not with a smart car. Also, you couldn't just like roll up somewhere and be immediately the coolest person there, which is what you would do. Or suspect. Uh, yeah. So how are you, Corinne? What's actually new with you? Um, I'm working a bit. It's been an interesting week. Uh, I'm still working. So there's a lot of people missing because they're afraid of the Corona, but I'm, I'm afraid of the Corona, but I'm not allowed to not go to work. Yeah. 
Um, but it's really hot. There's no air conditioning. Nope. It's very smoky because there aren't any, like... It's, it's just kind of indoor-outdoors. It's, it's indoor-outdoors. It's very smoky. It's very hot. No air conditioning. I often find myself going into a walk-in freezer um, to hang out. Yeah. <laughs> um, I w- the extreme heat wave was really rough at work. Both of the freezers failed at my work with the heat wave. Yes. We have a big old back dock freezer, you know, big walk-in. And then we have, like, the actual, like, region freezer. Correct. Both of them failed. Uh, so we had mechanics out all week working on our freezers. We also had catastrophic failures, as yeah. expected. Yeah. But the AC kept working at my house. That's Ooh. good. Yeah, a That's couple good. of years ago, it did not. Yeah. <laughs> it was not great. Yeah. Uh, we did do an episode uh, a year back about how to beat the heat without AC or other things you can do. I used so. one of those tips oh, at did work. You? Okay, yes. what'd you do? So I was, I was sitting in my chair sweating from heat. I mean, it was it had to have been in over 90s indoors. Sure. But I did have, I do have a freezer. So I took a cold drink and I held it to my wrist yep, pressure point to, for the whatever. pressure point. And then I, did, I alternated like wrist and neck and whatever. And eh, middling success, I will say. Yeah, decent success for like a tiny piece of ice. So like it, it was, gets more mileage out of it. It was kind of like it almost burned and cold on my wrist, but then I was still hot. Sure. <laughs> so it was like... Uh, kind of worked. That one works well for me. The temple, the forehead, or the forearm, whatever. Yeah. yeah so I, I like it. I did use it. Um, it's better than nothing. But yeah, it's been unpleasant. It's been unpleasant, I'll it's say. It's been an unpleasant year. The, what's that uh, office quote? He's like, I've had kind of a rough week this whole month. Actually, this whole entire year, yeah. year has been sort of rough. <laughs> I can't remember the exact quote, but it's very good, and I definitely feel that way that's and i can't wait true. for people to start posting like i feel like every year for the last five years there's been the meme that's like oh i can't wait for 2016 to be over it was the worst year ever yeah here comes 2017 especially when donald trump was elected i'm like what do you think's gonna happen while he's president for a full year you dumbasses? Yeah. sorry he was elected this year but he didn't get to do anything yet and I'll, oh god all these celebrities who died i'm like everyone's dying everything's on fire every year this is the the new worst year yeah. Right? And it's going to be amazing to see if we can top it. Yeah, because look out COVID-20 next year. and I know. Yeah, oh, even more fires. Not like the fires are going away. But All right. Let's get into it, Corinne. Oh, the first state park burned down. Yeah. Uh, the big basin? Yeah. Yeah, actually, uh, my daughter's Girl Scout troop has gone there a couple of times yes. for camping. And so they discussed it on their last meeting or whatever. They had pictures of, like, hey, do you remember the, the building? Oh, yeah, it's gone. Yeah. All this stuff. Most um, of the Redwoods survived. Sure, redwoods are designed to survive fires. Yes, of course. Um, but, you know, sometimes when it gets super intense heat, especially when, like, they haven't been cleared out in yes, a while, it can yeah. still kill the even the big trees designed but to... But they mostly you know, survive. Yeah. Um, we can rebuild a building. Sure. That's not such a big So far, deal. the death toll hasn't been too terribly high. No. But we'll get to the fires here in a second. Okay. We're going to start with a coronavirus update, as always. <laughs> So back to the news, I guess. We're going to go real light on the news again. Last time, the reason why living it. Yeah, the reason the last one was so depressing is we decided to go full bore into the news. Derek went hard on the news (laughs) because I was like, "Well, we haven't done news in a while. That was a mistake." So we're going to rectify. There's a reason we don't go hard on the news, Derek. Just cover a couple of the big ones. First one, obviously, coronavirus is still an issue. Uh, Over 23 million cases worldwide. India has passed 3 million coronavirus cases, joining Brazil and America as the only countries with over 3 million reported cases. Um, USA. USA. Yeah, uh, it has led the world in new infections. India? India. Oh, yeah, in like 
new infections each week or whatever, just like skyrocketing up because okay. it finally started to become a pandemic in India. Uh, so that's not good. Mexico passed 60,000 deaths and South Korea reported its highest daily COVID tally since early March last week. Uh, and this is just to say that obviously the U.S. has done a terrible job controlling the coronavirus. Embarrassing. I think a lot of people on the left kind of smugly are like, look, the rest of the world has solved this problem. Well, that's, hold on there. Not the true. rest of the world is having more struggles with it as well. It, you know, it's resurging in places where people, uh, the initial thought was, ah, they kicked it. And they're like, well, not so fast. Mm -hmm. It's coming back. But they are doing better than we are in a lot of places. Uh, that said, the rest of the world still has a problem. And the U.S. itself, over 5 million cases and a death rate of just over about 3%. Great. That's coronavirus. That's all I'm going to, yeah, not going to get into too many more specifics about corona. Mm -hmm. Except, of course, the heat makes it worse. Next up, we've already talked about it a little bit. Since August 15th, more than 12,000 dry lightning strikes across the United States, or across the state of California have ignited more than 500 wildfires. Most of the damage has been caused by three clusters or fire complexes. So like where you got a bunch of little fires that kind of combine to a mega fire, mm -hmm. uh, like a terrible Voltron around the San Francisco Bay Area. Uh, those fires, those complexes have burned over 1,120 square miles of forest, including uh, Big Basin Nash or State, state Park, Park, one of the oldest state parks, or the oldest in California, right? Oldest in California. Yeah. Smoke from the fires has made the region's air quality super dangerous. In fact, at one point it was the worst in the world. I'm sure it's probably USA. still right up there. Uh, forcing people to stay inside. Of course, people should probably have already, already been. Be doing unless that. you were fleeing a fire, you should probably have already been staying inside. Uh, overall, the fires have killed uh, over five people and torched nearly seven th 700 homes and other structures and forced tens of thousands from their houses and caused blackouts. This is the other thing. So while it was 110, 112 here in California, PG&E was doing what they said they would do and cutting off power to places where there were high winds or high fire danger uh, in order to prevent new fires from starting but this meant people were sitting in the middle of the worst heat wave in a long time without ac without electricity and cooling places can't be open because of COVID. yeah so that uh lightning was like one of the oddest things i've seen i was just asleep it's been deadly hot deadly dry and then all of a sudden lightning yeah it was a really weird storm because it was what didn't rain much at all it was very dry and then yeah big lightning in the middle of the night the one night and then a couple of days but don't worry corinne uh, Donald Trump has responded to the emergency, actually. It was our uh, fault, right? We did Well, this. he declared it a major disaster. So it actually gets, like, federal funding and such. Uh, so Gavin Newsom's been happy about that. Fire officials, however, have struggled to get enough people on the front lines to man these fires. So I have a little bit of facts about that. Uh, the fire burning in California's wine country, north of San Francisco, had only 1,400 firefighters assigned. By comparison, the state had over 5,000 firefighters assigned to the Mendocino Complex fire in 2018. Wow. Uh, which is the largest fire in history. This is the second largest fire in history, has less than half of the same firefighters. Yikes. So uh, one of the major reasons for that is that almost all of the state's uh, prison labor firefighters are, are, are either sick with COVID or on lockdown because of COVID, or they were released. Mm, um, that's so right. the state had, you know, the state of California. 20-something thousand inmates have been released so yeah. far. Um, in response to COVID pandemics, which have gone on in the prisons, the state of California released a ton of low-level offenders or people with short you know, terms left on their sentences, which are the people at like the fire camps. So the people and who so, have minimum security, who are the least dangerous, yeah, are gone. The type of people they would release out of prison to yes. go fight a fire were the ones they said, all right, you know what, you don't have to be in prison anymore. And so they left and they're no longer firefighters for the state. Uh, or fire Oops. slaves, or whatever you want to call fire them. Fire slaves. Because well, I mean, that's kind of what they are. It's a terrible, terrible situation. 
uh, for them. But they're well, that gets more complex in the entire prison system, I think. Sure, but yeah, so they they can't wor- either. They're they're not there anymore. They've been released, or a number of the camps have been shut down for quarantine. They've basically been locked down because yeah. the you know COVID has shown up there. And then other fire you know, departments as well have also dealt with COVID pandemics within the department. So they're not there. So they're just really struggling just to get manpower. So a lot of the fires, basically, if it's not threatening, you know, a, a, a homes, burn. they're just going to let it kind of burn itself out. So this is the fires are not going away anytime soon. Yeah, not great. Rough. So fires, California, again, on fire everywhere. Again, though, the smoke helping the heat wave. Yeah. about five degrees yeah. so worth right. it right sure uh i mean the smoke obviously is terrible to inhale it does actually make covid worse um not only because it causes lung problems which can you know exaggerate uh the symptoms for covid but also like the your cloth masks which you know we are told to wear for covid don't really help at all for f- fire smoke inhalation you're talking about the homemade cloth mask yeah right like the kind of masks that aren't the n95s the N95s if, are really what you want to wear for smoke, but mm-hmm. you can't get them. No. Like, that's a thing. So the masks that work for COVID, the cloth or the terry, you know, whatever the synthetic materials that people are wearing, those don't really help at all with smoke inhalation. What about those, like, medical masks that are, like, like dental masks? The surgical masks? Yeah. Again, no. The Not, only thing that's really going to do smoke... They are worse than the cloth? Neither. I don't know which is better or worse as far as the smoke goes. None of them are very effective at stopping smoke particles from getting into your lungs. I mean, all those masks are designed to prevent you from spitting stuff out. Right. Rather than you inhaling it. And so the smoke still comes through, no problem. The only one that stops you from inhaling it are the N95s. And those are pretty much gone. If you can find some, buy some. But, uh, yeah. So... That's good how the pandemic is just kind of... I've never smoked a cigarette in my life, but my body probably thinks I've smoked quite a few. Yeah. Uh, also, there was in the news, I think we should not miss uh, talking about the fire NATO. Oh, do we need to? <laughs> was it really that big of a deal? I thought it was kind of cool. Okay, sure. Fire tornadoes. Uh, apparently, the winds whipped up the fire into a, what is a common thing, I guess, but still pretty cool. Fire tornadoes. Yeah. Uh, you know, because 2020. Just throw some sharks in there. Yeah. Right. Sharknado. Lord. All right. And then our last story in the news, Corinne, we're going to go real light on the news. This one, again, making the headlines because it is, again, a weird one. There are two tropical storms heading towards the Gulf of Mexico right now, both of them picking up steam. So there is the very real possibility that the Gulf Coast can be hit by two hurricanes the same friggin' time. Uh, for Double the... rainbow, if you will. Yeah, which isn't something that really happens. Two hurricanes have never appeared in the Gulf of Mexico at the same time, according to records going back at least to 1900. Um, the last time two tropical storms were in the Gulf together was 1959. So even that is rare, which we've already hit. But they, both of them could reach hurricane force here real soon in the next day or two uh, as they you know, pick up speed and head towards land. So the Gulf Coast, which is battered by hurricanes, again, every year... It's about to get two of them, which is insane. Just insane. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. And then we did forget to celebrate a holiday yesterday, Corinne. I have one more story. I thought we were done. We had one more. Yeah, yesterday was Earth Overshoot Day. What's Overshoot Day? Yeah, it's a new holiday. Uh, People that calculate, like, carbon footprints and things Uh, like that. Is this a Are we celebrating? Yeah, we're going to celebrate it. Okay. Earth Overshoot Day is the day when humanity's demand for ecological resources exceeds what the planet can resupply within a year. So basically, it's the day we reach into unsustainability for the year, and every resource we use from here on out for the rest of the year is just digging into our children's future. I don't have any children. You're welcome, America. Yeah. 
So, you know, it's calculated by taking basically the Earth's uh, carrying or biocapacity divided by the human ecological footprint or whatever, uh, which are calculated in any number of ways. If you're really interested in how they calculate that, you can just Google Earth Overshoot Day. They'd be happy to tell you all the science. Uh, but I actually am a little surprised it's this late in the year. I'd assume it was earlier. <laughs> but I was like, yeah, oh, man, we made it to August. Year. Yeah, we're halfway done. Shoot. That's over 50%. This is like a degrade. That's not bad. It's passing. Yeah. In uh, some places. In some, I don't know where you went to school, but for most schools not, but okay. Um, also, yeah. an asteroid is just going to barely miss us. So if only. science. <laughs> just end it now. Right around the election is the supposed details. It's supposed to come by right, right around there. Oh, good. Hopefully there's like a Heaven's Gate cult that really picks up steam because... We could use a couple of these people. Get night. rid of them? Yeah. Remember the big one back, uh, was it like 2015? No, earlier than that. 2012, 2011, something like. 2012, that had to have been it. There was a big push that it was going to be the end of the world and all those people. Oh, the, yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Every, every decade or yeah, so. But that was a big one. That yeah. was a, it got some steam running on it. Maybe they were right. Maybe we're all just living this in the post. This is post-apocalyptic. It does feel like it, but for a while now. Whew. All right. Great. I got one more if you're ready. Oh, what is it? So apparently the Earth has lost 28 trillion tons of ice in less than 30 years. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, scientists in, uh, I think, Scotland uh, did their final measurement, and they said, oh, 28 tons of ice. 28 trillion tons of ice in less than 30 years. Uh, and that level of uh, loss means that the sea level rise is more than likely to be over three feet by the end of the century. That may not seem like a lot. You're like, ah, three feet of sea level rise. Like, I've been to a beach, three feet. That's not quite how it works. In fact, every centimeter of sea level rise means about one million people globally will de- be displaced. Uh, so, not great. That's millions and millions of climate refugees in the next... 80 years. All right. Are we done with the news yet? We're done with the news. Okay. Done. Done. I thought we only had three stories and it felt like more like five. Yeah, I found a few more. Sorry. <laughs> Liar. I tell you three. That way, you know, you ease you. You know, once you're in it, you're already down the chute. You're going down. It's rude. Yeah, it is. Uh, we do have one final disaster, though, this week, What Karen. the hell? The Eric? DNC con- uh, convention. It was so boring. Was <laughs> I the only one who was so bored? I think that was kind of the point, right? Like, they purposely didn't let AOC or any of, like, the squad talk or anything. Squad. They they basically let a Republican talk. The whole, like, you could clearly see their plan. Their plan is to try and win the old white guys who voted for Obama and then voted for Trump. Which is a good, it's a good strategy. It's a strategy to possibly win the election. Yes, it is. But it's not great if you really want some change. And I feel like... But they're, to some level, Derek... We really do need to do our best to not let Donald Trump win. I understand your blow it all up theory or some people. I'm, I'm so sick of defending the, the Democrats. My God, I this week was the, the worst. Blow it all up theory. However, I really think we should try and not have four more years of D. I agree. I, I was struggling with this. It was like, so boring, though. Okay, it because was very boring. They were often there'd be like ten minute stretches of like film. It felt like propaganda in the oddest way, like just video of like people of color, but it didn't have any connection to anything. It was like no, it was very what's this sentimental. Have to do with that? What's it was that basically have to do with this. This is just B roll. I don't know what. What are you proving? I'm bored. 
I think it was Marianne Williamson said it was like living in a 30-minute Marriott commercial. Yes. It was just nothing but sentiment and no policy and no substantive change. And it was really, like, I know a lot of people have been recently radicalized just over the last years or two of Donald Trump, or, you know, since Donald Trump was elected, the number of people who identify as actual, like, progressive left has, you know, gotten larger and larger. And at this moment, we're in crisis. I mean... Cities are rioting around the country. We got secret police snatching people off the streets. And we, people are looking at this and they're like, this, this is what we're getting? Uh, you know, another old white man who can barely string his sentences together. And his uh, vice, pres- or vice presidential pick, who's a DA, a cop, at this moment. And like, yes, I, I, you know, Kamala Harris is, of course. Kamala. Kamala, sorry. Kamala Harris, of course, is uh, a woman of color who has, you know, achieved great Depends things in life. Depends on who you ask, and it, would, it's, uh, it, what it signifies a better thing. Sometimes she wasn't born here. Sometimes she's a black woman. Sometimes she's not even a black woman. She's whatever you don't want her to be. Sure. Here's my problem with it. Like, she, of course, has merit. She's a state senator. You know, she's, she's a, a smart senator. person. She's a very smart person. I don't knock her for being who she is. My issue is that the Democrats pandered so terribly. Like, a month before she was announced, they announced that they were going to name a black woman as vice president right right so it doesn't seem like kamala harris won it based on merit which she certainly has but she won it based on yes. like an affirmative action lottery that you know plays to identity politics in the worst way yes. and it's like the democrats should get almost lost any credit they would have had because of the way they telephoned like it's when you pander thing- so hard is it even pandering anymore? Like, it's what a, is it? It's a super odd thing to do because it's like th- they know that the left is trying to push for people who are different than the usual, right? So they're like, you know, how can we do that? We'll get a lady who's towed the line as completely the usual, but she will be a woman of color. And so we're going to boast about hiring a woman of color. But it's like you're both getting the bad sides of both. You're yeah. not saying, okay, this is an incredibly intelligent, driven woman who spent her life on a career. She spent her life working, you know, working her way up in a system and she's completely qualified to be, well, she's pretty qualified. As qualified as anyone to be to vice be president. a president or a presidential, you know, nominee. Sure. But now they're just saying, yeah, we picked her because she's a black woman, which is basically the right is going, see, told you, we knew you were just picking it on based off of anything but this. They can't, they're playing it all They're wrong. trying to get both sides and they're not getting either. Neither. And I think that they're, again, it's that identity politics where it's like part of her identity matches what they think people want, but yes. what people really want is an actual progressive. That what people want, uh, yeah. I know. Ugh, don't this even get me started. And I get why. Like, I, like, but it wasn't why, it's not great strategy. Sure. And That's I'm not a Democrat. Like, it. let me be on. Like, let me be fair. I haven't been a Democrat for 20 years. I'm a Democrat. Years. I'm, I'm registered Democrat. And so it's really difficult to be disappointed by them because disappointments require a level of expectation that I'm I don't have. I'm constantly disappointed by the Democrats. I am not because I don't expect any better. Like I don't the, expect any better, but I'm still upset about their lack of wanting to be successful. Sure. I mean, what this shows to me is that the DNC has just completely failed to meet any of the challenges facing this country right now. Right. This is the biggest moment of popular civil unrest we've had in this country in generations. Right. Climate change is burning half of the states in the country right now. Right. Uh, the rest are being flooded or you know hit by hurricanes, and tens of millions of Americans are facing eviction or you know have lost revenue for, or lost their jobs Dying due to a, a, a global pandemic. pandemic. 
like all of these things are here, and the DNC's argument is, man, wasn't it great when Barack Obama was president, guys? And listen, you can run and on that quite a bit. Really, you can right now because of Donald. Like people are like, boy, we miss Barack. But you know what? At the same time, the Republicans say, well, boy, we miss George Bush. You could say that about anybody. The standards are so low. This isn't a great comparison to make. Sure, it just proves that they have no answer to today's problems. None. Like. They they were never ever going to save us, and this is why like I get so frustrated when people are like you. I get frustrated both ways because obviously when November sixth comes around or whatever, I'm gonna have to vote for Joe Biden, right? I don't like Joe Biden; he's garbage, and I'm gonna but I'm gonna have to swallow my pride for ten minutes and pull a lever for the best of two bad options, right? That doesn't mean I want to spend another minute of my life defending Joe Biden. But reality is I end up having to from some people because there's people out there that are like, well, don't vote for him. It's like, no, that's not even an option. You know what I think, though? I will say that uh, I have a pretty progressive uh, group that I deal with because I live in California, right? Most people I know are very progressive. And I'd say that during the election with Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, most of them were like, F this. I'm not voting for Hillary. Never Hillary. And... At the time, I don't think I could have been angrier about the Never Hillary's, and I was so mad. I will never forgive Bernie Sanders for what he did. Uh, or well, I should say what um, the Never Hillary's did. I get that, that would be better. And I think that some of the Bernie stuff really played into that. So maybe I shouldn't blame Bernie, Bernie but I do. Um, and I have seen those same people who c- condemned Hillary and made it difficult to elect her now saying, okay. Well, we learned a lesson, though, didn't we, guys? So we're all going to vote for Biden, right? Part of me wonders, is that just because Biden's a man and you can swallow this pill a little bit easier? Um, <laughs> That's probably got something to <laughs> but, do with it. But There's then, a reason we don't have Elizabeth Warren up but there. But then, well, God, she did <laughs> so bad. She did yeah, so she did. bad. I voted for her, I'll say that, but she did so bad. Um, but then it feels like maybe they learned a little bit of a lesson on the voting front. You know, don't trash talk someone who you don't like that much to the point where we can't elect them versus Donald Trump. Uh, So I will say I've seen some movement in that, which is good. I guess. Uh, Anyways, so Corinne, I think I've I've said all I'm going to say about the DNC. Um, There's plenty to be said or not. It was all I know is I listened to Joe Biden's speech. And my first thought at the end of that is I really need to buy an AR-15. (laughs) <laughs> really? Yes. Why? I listened to that speech and I realized this guy has no solutions and he's only going to further well, the rise of the right. he's probably going to die anyways and it'll be Kamala. And that's not going to rise the right up. Yeah. Yeah. So I my don't. first yeah, thought I'm still was, not buying a gun. Um, well, yeah. Still not buying <laughs> a gun. You got to get in line. No. So. All right. Anyways, uh, we're moving on, Corinne. I'm Are done. we moving on? Because I feel on. like we're going to keep circling back we, at, on occasion. I will never stop picking at scabs. That's <laughs> the problem with me. We're moving on. We're moving to the prepping half of our podcast today. Okay. We've got composting. Composting Can I start idiots. you with my initial negative yes, feelings? Yes, let's hear it. <laughs> negative live... feelings about composting. <laughs> so when you... Yes. Okay. When you... People first bring this up, I'm like, okay, I live in... A box, basically. Sure. I live in the world's, not the world's smallest, but damn near the world's smallest apartment. I'm not going to start piling up garbage in my house on purpose to sure. stink it up. It's probably not a great plan for you who has one plant on her patio. Uh, <laughs> hold on. I've got a dead tomato plant, first of all. I have multiple hanging on to life succulents. And how is your rosemary? Uh, didn't make it. Okay. But I don't necessarily believe that's my fault. 
<laughs> we had a bit of an issue with thrips. Which is why I bought bags of ladybugs. Not the greatest No, they solution. just take off. Anyway, so you're against... Yeah, okay. So composting, obviously, for someone in Corinne's situation who has, yeah, a, a few potted plants on their patio, maybe not the best plan. But due to the COVID-19 pandemic and everyone staying at home and everyone running out of money, gardening has been on the uptick. And the number one thing you can do once you've started planting your garden to level up your garden game is starting your compost pile. Is that because you got to turn it into fertilizer for your own plants? Basically, yeah. It takes your trash and turns it into treasure. treasure. And it's super easy to do. Like, there are some things that people say are real simple, but then they're not. Yeah, like you cast say iron. a lot of things are simple and it's not. Like cast iron pans is a perfect example for me. I can't even buy one of those. Everyone now. says that they're super easy. They are not easy to handle. But compost is just that simple. Bottom line is nature does its thing. And all you're trying to do is help it out a little bit. But you don't even have to. Like, you want to start a compost pile? Rake all your leaves together and just let it be. Gross. You've already done it. Okay. Um, it may not be the most effective compost pile. Your whole pile, house is a compost pile, Derek. That backyard. Yikes. Rough. Rough. <laughs> You've got two chicken coops back there. I do have two chicken coops back there. <laughs> you do not have enough chickens to necessitate that. <laughs> Fair. All right. So composting. What are the benefits of composting, Corinne? Number one. Um, okay, I thought you were asking me. Oh, okay, yeah, let's do that. Great. Uh, some benefits of composting. Um, waste. Reduces kitchen and yard waste, yes. Boom, Roasted. Obviously, uh, we all want to reduce, reuse, recycle a little better, and composting accomplishes those things. It takes your food trash, for the most part, or other trash that you might have, mm -hmm. and can be used in your yard, and rather than filling up landfills. Yes. Uh, fertilizer. Fertilizer, yes. Soil conditioner. So compost is really great for your soil. And unlike a lot of other things that you can go out and buy to put in your soil, you can basically put as much compost as you want in your soil. It won't oversaturate your soil with anything. It's not, it's just great stuff. It, yeah, it increases the microbiomes living in your soil. And it's third, like the number one thing you can do. Third, you can be superior to everyone you know and talk about how you compost. Yes. Third <laughs> is the superiority of being a composter. Yeah. Well, it is a next, it's the next level, right? So we talked basic gardening, right? So mm -hmm. everyone who planted their garden and somehow managed to keep it alive over the summer. I have some stuff that's living. Yeah. Everyone who did that is now ready to start planting their fall gardens and thinking of ways to level up their garden. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, maybe I should take my game to the next level. This is the best way to start taking it to that next level. As you pull out the old plants, mix in some compost in there. Kaboom, kaboom. Kaboom, kaboom. <laughs> Was that really your number three, too, superiority? No, it was not, but we're going to go it with it. It feels real, doesn't it, though? Sure, it does. Because I've never met a person who composted didn't tell me about it. Didn't want to talk to you about shit. You know what I do. Compost my own feces. Good to know, buddy. Yeah. So the other thing that's really nice about composting is that it is, like I said before, really simple. You can go out and buy a lot of, like, snazzy compost bins and tumblers. And actually, we have one. Shirley got one for Christmas, I think. A mm -hmm. compost tumbler mm -hmm. that I don't think she's ever actually used. She hasn't gotten there yet. It hasn't got there yet. It's assembled. It's in the backyard. Yeah, I see it. it's end of the day's year. Give her yeah, a break. It's there. But uh, you can get those. But the reality is composting is a natural phenomenon that you can just kind of help along. As we said, the easiest thing you can do... Uh, it is just basically pile up your yard waste and just let it naturally biodegrade into a nice pile of compost. Uh, what are the actual components to compost? So we're going to talk real quick about the four things you need in, to make good compost. Number one, carbon. So carbon-rich matter like branches, stems, dried leaves, peels, bits of wood, 
sawdust, stuff like that, brown paper bags, corn stalks, stalks coffee filters, coffee grounds. Uh, basically, this is what we call the brown, right? Anything that's high carbon, okay. sorry, needs to go into compost. Next, nitrogen. Nitrogen-rich foods are your greens, right? This is your food waste. This is uh, protein-rich matter, so manures, uh, food scraps, lawn clippings, kitchen waste, green leaves, those sort of things. That kale that you didn't eat and just kind of went rotten exactly. in your drawer. Yeah. I all your that. leftover zucchini, all of that stuff. Listen, that's all the greens. Zucchini's not that good. So a healthy compost pile should have more carbon than nitrogen. Interesting. So a little bit more browns than greens, right? Okay. Um, the simple rule of thumb is to use one-third greens to two-third browns. All right. Right? And of course, again, the other nice thing about compost is that there's no hard and fast rule to any of this stuff. If you've got too many greens or too much green in there, it'll just smell a little worse. Ugh. And so you can just add some brown to it and tell it, you know, it's fine. There you or go. you can just let it sit there and it'll eventually even out. Like, mm-hmm. like the only downside is it's not going to be quite perfect. It's like, okay, whatever. But yeah, two thirds to one third is the idea. Too much nitrogen, yeah, again, makes a dense, kind of smelly, slow decomposing mess because it's... But there are food scraps you don't want to put in there, right? Yeah, we're going to get into what you do and don't put in specifically. The other two things you need in your compost, air and water. So, again, pretty simple to add. You basically... Not necessarily with the air. Not necessarily with the air. Well, there's still air out there. It's just smoky. You just don't get much of the oxygen Mesquite-flavored compost. Uh, so yeah, basically those four things, right? Two of them just are naturally there, water and air, and you can add water pretty simply just by watering your compost pile. Just spray it with a hose if, when you're watering or your Or water garden. another pl- potted plant and hold the drippings over the p- compost to be super hippie. Sure. But yeah, basically that's it. So some good things to compost, right? Uh, Most food scraps. Vegetables, yeah. for sure. Most food scraps. Wood chips. Pellets. Wood ash, tea leaves, table scraps, straw, hay, pretty much anything you want. Basically, the things we should talk about are not much good to go in there, but what you don't want to put in there. Go for it. Meats. Yes. Uh, Generally, meat, fish, egg, or poultry scraps you don't want to put in there. And not because they won't break down, but you don't want to put them in there because they smell really bad when they break down and they attract pests. So if you live in an area where there might be, you know, rats or mice, which is anywhere... Or even like bigger things, raccoons, possums, whatever. They're going to be attracted to smelly trash. Yeah. So keeping meat, fish, and eggs out of it, unless you have a specific, there's like a specific type of composting. That's next level stuff. We're not going to deal with that. No, we're not Just don't put the meat or fish in your compost Okay. Well, my second guess is going to be dairy, which you sort of put in that same round. Yep. Dairy products as well. Um, Um, Again, with the same idea, fats, grease, or lard. mm -hmm. So don't put that stuff in there. It's again, animal product, right? Uh, Again, odor problems. Ch- coal or charcoal ash? Now, see, that's confusing because you say carbon. Sure. But charcoal ash contains substances that might be a little harmful to plants. So there can be a little bit in there, but you don't want a ton in there. Okay. You don't want to put in anything that's already diseased or insect-ridden. So any of, like, if you rip out a plant because it died of thrift, you don't, don't. want to put it in your uh, thing. Now, why is that? Because it's going to break down, but that the disease could still be in it. And so then when you spread it over your... Oh, okay. So normally a good, nice compost pile will heat up to like 150, 160 degrees and might be able to bake that stuff out. I but just some put it stuff... on my back uh, porch. It'll be 120 real quick. <laughs> yeah, some of that stuff might survive. 
Okay. Um, so again, along that same line, you don't want to put any sort of uh, invasive weed in there. So a big one here, I wrote all over this on my page, is Bermuda grass, which I have a huge problem with in my front yard. I would never want to put any of that Bermuda grass trimmings into my compost pile mm. because you're just going to spread it around everywhere and then it's going to pop up wherever you spread the compost. Problem. So, bad plan. Don't put any invasive uh, you know, weeds in there. Or, uh, other things you don't want to put in there, pet wastes. Again, dog or cat feces. Yes, you're going to have some in your yard if you have dogs or cats, but it might contain parasites or germs. Probably don't want human feces either. I'm assuming. Like, Let's some stay people, away from the feces. Just in general, yeah. Yard trimmings, if they've been treated with pesticide, yeah. obviously you don't want to put pesticide on your plants. Uh, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, black walnut tree leaves is a weird one. Oh, that's uh, very are, specific. Yeah, apparently black walnuts, which is actually really popular here, which is why I mention it. There are black walnuts all over the place. Uh, their leaves or twigs contain uh, substances that can be harmful to other plants. I'm sorry, what is a black walnut as opposed to, is it literally just black in well, color? Well, there are black walnuts and then there are... Uh, English walnuts or I think white walnuts. There's two different types of walnuts. I don't know enough to know which ones are which. The or walnuts why. we eat are not black walnuts, I'm guessing. I don't know. Really? They're, I don't, they're not black in color. I think it has to do with... I do know that like every walnut tree is actually two different trees. Like They're grafted the roots of one type of tree, and then you get the fruit of another type of tree. What? Yeah, it's weird. You know what sucks? Our grandfather on dad's side was like an agricultural genius. Yeah, we don't know anything. We don't know anything. I can't even tell you which walnut is a black walnut. I... But he did have a walnut tree. Yes. So don't put that stuff in there. Yeah. Identify it. But yeah, that's basically the the don'ts. Everything else is fair game. Just keep that ratio as best you can. Yeah. Try and keep two to one and go from there. Two thirds to one third or whatever. So, okay. Let's say you do a compost bin, but you don't maybe don't need all of that fertilizer. I'm assuming there's got to be places that you can give fertilizer to. Sure. Well, I mean, what do you mean all that fertilizer? Like the compost. Once you're, it's composted, you're like, I don't really need... Well, you can always you can use it for anything. So you can amend it into your soil. So compost is great for building your garden soil. So as plants come into your garden, right, they take nutrients out of the soil. Compost, add those right back in. Mm. So you really should always be adding compost anytime you till your soil. and you Because it basically becomes your garden soil. Um, so anytime you planted a brand new garden, adding two, three, four inches of compost into your, t- mixing it into your to soil. To the top or the bottom or Just throughout? mix it all into, you know, the soil. It's really, really good. So you're never going to run out. No, I don't know anyone who has a compost pile who's like, I got too much compost. Because uh, you can add it into anything, basically. But their compost Put it around any plant stuff. so you'll, uh, yeah. So the other thing with compost, like I said, the basic, most simplest way is literally just piling up your yard trash and letting it sit there. The reality is, if you want to try and actively keep a, a compost pile, you're probably going to want to keep things out of it. Like, if I just put a pile of hot trash in my backyard, my dogs would come into the house smelling like the hot trash they just rolled around in. Mm-hmm. So i got to put up some fences to keep the dogs out. So most people find it convenient to block off their compost. So step number one when building a compost heap or a compost like area is put it near where you're going to use it. So probably near your gardening. Near your gardening area. So where you do it, put it off to the side in the shade somewhere and just kind of... You want it in the shade. Well, yeah, you don't want... It doesn't really matter, okay. but you just you just want it to be fairly close to where you want to use it most because otherwise, you know, it, it's a lazy person thing. Right. You don't want to have to like go across the yard to find the you compost. You don't have to tell me. Yeah. <laughs> so then you want to block it off. Again, to keep the dogs out or keep whatever Raccoons, out of your compost. Rats. Uh, 
you want to square it off. And again, this is tricky because you do want to allow air in. Mm -hmm. So some great tools that people use a lot to build their composting kind of boxes, pallets. Mm -hmm. uh, the pallets are great because they prevent most animals from getting in there, you know, your dogs and your chickens or whatever. But they do allow air to flow through because they're not, you know, mm -hmm. sealed off. So pallets are great and they stack up and you can build a box out of them real simply. Just stack four of them up, nail them together and boom. Yeah. Compost box. Um, another good tool if you have it are uh, those cinder blocks. Mm -hmm. You can stack them on their sides. So the, the holes come through and then there's a lot of air coming in. So you, pretty much most people can build a compost out of random material they already have in their house mm -hmm. or yard. Um, so a compost bin doesn't have to be super uh, elaborate. It just has to be kind of squared off. Uh, with, you know, a gate you can open and close if possible, or just kind of an open three-sided, you know, horseshoe version of one, depending on your situation. Yeah. And yeah, and then just mix the stuff together. A lot of people talk about layering in there. You really don't have to worry about that. Hmm. Just take your compost, mix it in, and just kind of leave it alone. Come back to it after a week or two. If it smells really bad, you've probably got too much green, add some more brown, and then give it a mix. Um, if it doesn't look like anything is happening, if it's too dry and you like you doesn't it's not getting warm in the middle, you probably got too much brown. Add some green into it, give it a mix. Just kind of let it go. How much it, water should you be putting in? Not a ton. It should be kind of like like the the consistency of a, a sponge after you've wrung it out. Okay. Does that make sense? Moist. Yeah, I don't want to use that word, but yeah. A lot of people hate that word. I don't. I don't. I don't have that problem. So yeah. Keep your pile moist but not soggy. Uh, again, kind of dampening each layer as you put it in there is a great way to do it. But like I said, yeah, it's like a wet sponge. And then don't mess with it too much. Like this is the other thing. Like a lot of, you know, when you just start your compost pile, you want to go out there every day and look yeah. at it. Not much is going to be happening in that compost pile. <laughs> you want to kind of let it, forget about it. it. It might feel weird to think, yeah, I'm going to put a pile of hot garbage in my backyard and I'm going <laughs> to check on it every day. But I will absolutely go out there multiple times a day if I need to. What's happened since this morning? Anything. Mm. Uh, nothing. So, so leave it alone. Check on it every other week or so and just kind of give it a little turn. Add some more water to it. Um, another trick people say is break down the material as much as possible. Okay. So again, to make it move snap faster, the branches, snap them into the smaller leaves. pieces. Yeah. Uh, don't if you we're gonna put a banana peel in there, chop the hell out of it first. Uh, you know, the smaller the pieces are when they start in there, the easier they're gonna break Just down. Just like the with faster. cooking. Exactly. I have um, a question, Derek. Yes. What are you gonna be planting for your fall plants? And vegetables. I have not quite figured that out. No. Um, well, I'm sure you're thinking about it though. Yeah, I'm basically going to be down to what I have in, you know, I haven't really ever done much of a fall garden. That's what I have noticed, but I feel like you might, this might be the year. This is going to be the year I yes, do a fall garden. I knew it. I had um, sensed it. Here, like I was joking with someone who, you know, he's back east and they were saying, you know, it's time to plant their fall garden. They've got it all planned. I'm like, it's 112 here. I'm not planting any fall because it's die. Yeah, but here it goes from 112 to 85 to now it's our version sure. of winter. But our winter is so mild that you it can is. basically plant almost anything. And with a little bit of love, you can get pretty much anything to grow pretty much year-round It here. is California. So, you know, lots of lettuces can grow. But, I mean, the fat classic fall plants. You can get gourds, so pumpkins. Uh, pumpkins you should actually probably be planting about right now. Is, but aren't they kind of big, though? Yeah. You can get some mini pumpkins. Okay. You can get whatever. But the problem is you have to eat them or use them. Honestly, I don't know. Uh, once I've eaten like a one batch of salted pumpkin seeds like, yep, and then it. buying pumpkin in a can is just so easy, easy. Yeah. and better. <laughs> but I mean, you can plant any number of things. So, uh, I like butternut squash. No, oh, poor Alex. Yeah. He hates it. I am with him though. I don't, 
Not for me. But yeah, Roasted, um, maybe. You can do all sorts of stuff in the winter here, so. Okay, know, so peas. you're thinking... Peas. Uh, yeah. Ooh, our parents used to grow peas. Yeah, peas are... That's fall gardening. That's a couple weeks from now, Corinne. Well, yeah, well, I'm just wondering. We're back on compost. Get back to the bullshit. Well, the compost is for what? It's for your garden. It is for your garden. So while you're building your compost, think about the lovely things you're going to grow in that shit. Yeah. Yeah. Because you got to say, if you're collecting a bunch of garbage, it's got to be you've got some sort of hope for something better. (laughs) You're not just collecting garbage hoarder style, I hope. Then when your compost pile is kind of like black and earthy smelling, when it basically looks like dirt, congratulations. You've made... You have composted You've composted successfully. Uh, so oftentimes your compost is going to have multiple layers, right? So as you add stuff to it, um, you know, you're going to have some stuff that's ready to go and some stuff that's not. And I'm assuming it's not harmful to leave stuff that's ready to go in there. It no. might actually speed it up. Yeah. Yeah, no? exactly. Okay. Uh, because it's full of those, uh, all those little microbes and stuff that are going to break down everything else. Okay. So you don't want to take out all of the compost and leave a brand new pile. Mixing it up is a good idea. Okay. And again, if you grab, again, if you take a compost and most of it is already broken down and ready to go and there's still some pieces of leaves it's in there, like, guess it's what? It's going to keep composting It's perfectly in fine. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's a, what I, one thing I love about composting is it was really not an exact science. Like mm-hmm. people want to turn it into this, you have to do exactly this and exactly these browns and don't do this. It really is just kind of guesswork. And you get a feel for it the more you do it. Like a lot of things, yeah. as you compost, you're going to go out there in two weeks. And if it looks like nothing is happening and it's all super dry. Something screwy here. You're like, oh, it's probably got too many browns. Throw some vegetable scraps. Water it down real good. Give it a mix. Try it again in a week. If it's really you out there and you're like, ooh, it smells bad. Oh, too many greens. Throw some browns in there. Give it a mix. Yeah, it, <laughs> it's so simple. Uh, and yet it's one thing that not is like going to take your gardening game up a lot. And again, it's going to force up. you to go out to your garden every other week or so or more to put the stuff out Something there. Something else for you to do instead of overwatering your plants like some people. Exactly. Gives you another job you can do in your garden. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of composting 101. It's a really, nice. it's the next step. So once you've started your garden, once you're starting to think about planting year round in that garden, compost pile. And it doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be bit, uh, small. And so if you are in a situation where you live in like a, a smaller home or an apartment and you don't have room to build like an open air. A bucket. There are buckets. They sell a ton of different like composting bins and buckets. You know, I don't have, I'm sure that there are tons of breakdowns of that stuff on the internet. Uh, YouTube's an amazing place. Exactly. Find out what <laughs> works best for your situation. You know, I don't really know what's good or what's not there. I've been lucky enough to just have a kind of a yard where I can do a yes. compost pile. But, you know, we'd also, like I said, we do have one of those hot tumblers. And those things are designed to, so the tumbler is designed to heat it up faster and break it down quicker. Mm-hmm. So you can get through the compost. Like, basically, it goes from a bunch of pieces of trash to actual good compost quicker than it would if you just leave it open air. And you can kind of mix it like an old school washing machine Yeah, basically yourself. every other day or so, I think you give it a turn. But Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, for some people that don't that are way less impatient or way more impatient, getting one of those things might work. You know, get your compost faster. But if you don't have the cash for it, you yeah, don't need you it. Don't it's need just it. garbage. You can literally just pile up. I know some people that garden pretty regularly and they just compost by like as they're gardening and they're collecting all the like scraps they just put a pile of them near where their garden is and then they, they're over in another part of the garden they just gather they it all up a bunch of a different compost they have a couple piles. of different little compost piles yeah. around their garden so when they need some soil they just reach over to their pile and throw it in the thing it's really not exact science uh but thinking about compost thinking about your dirt composition is next step for your garden for your uh survival garden yeah and you know what i like about this 
like I said before, if you're collecting garbage in piles on a purpose, you've got some hope, right? Yeah. Your hope for better things. Tomatoes. <laughs> Worms, maybe. whatever. Yeah. You're thinking about what you're growing. So I'm going to give you credit, Derek, for turning this into hopeful. Yeah. Good that's for good. You. That's what I'm known I'm very for. I'm proud my of you, Derek. I, I found it, but <laughs> I somehow turned trash into hope. That's what I do. Hot garbage. Not what you do. No. <laughs> Not at all. You turn regular life into garbage. <laughs> so mean oh. all right i think that is our show for this week corinne that is 49 Woo-hoo! we've got 50 coming up next are you excited i'm a little worried yeah you should be. i have a feeling you're gonna try and be pretty stupid yeah that's, that's typical. the goal of pretty much every week you know what sucks secondary Being goal in a of the smart podcast. family <laughs> is that if you're just slightly above average you're stupid as hell and it's awful and you're at least smart enough to know how dumb you are did you ever watch the the British Sherlock with uh, what's no, his name? No, Cumberbatch, Benedict Cumberbatch. No, there was an ongoing joke that he was the stupid one and his with his siblings or whatever. I am but, the yeah. stupid one with my siblings. It sucks. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> I Just think smart that's enough true. to. It is. <laughs> Who are you saying stupider than me? You or Brent? Because no, we're all dumb in our own ways. That's true. There are some times where I know stuff and I can't believe you guys don't know, but. For the most part, I'm the idiot, and I hate it. Yeah, well, you know, that's your cross to bear. All right, Corinne, that's our show this week. If you liked it, uh, give us a like, subscribe, tell your friends about us. Comment, write a review. Yeah, give us an email. I haven't had an email in a little while. feel yeah. lonely out there. It's quiet. You know, hope you're doing well. Yeah, uh, survive. stay survived during this here pandemic and heat wave and smoke, and if you evacuate from the fires and God knows what else. Asteroids. Uh, yeah. And the upcoming election, which yeah. will be exciting whichever way it goes. We ended on a bad note again. Damn it, Corinne. Trash is hope. Yep. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.